Hey up and welcome to episode 6 of the We Need Crew podcast. As ever, I am your host, Scott Howarth. So this week, who are we chatting to? This week, we are chatting with someone I personally toured with, but he doesn't do sound. He touches them dirty, dirty lights. <laughs> Our guest is the ever-lovable Richard Larkham. But What's been happening with Weenie Crew this week? Let me tell you all about it. The weekend gone, Niall Horan put on a fantastic intimate live stream at London's Royal Albert Hall, where 120,000 plus tickets were sold, which is absolutely incredible. I was out of breath even saying it. He raised money for his crew, Weenie Crew, and other fundraising initiatives. We should be hearing back soon on the total raised, so keep your eyes on all the social medias. Also, this week, Weenie Crew have teamed up with Wishio, which is a raffle-style platform where 100% of donations go to the chosen charity. Yesterday, they launched an amazing prize. Whether you're a musician, a budding musician, or just an appreciator of the finer things in life, their latest Wishio is definitely for you. Following on from the incredible support we have already had from Niall Horan, he has now generously given one of you the chance to win a brand new Gibson guitar, which is signed by Niall himself. Whether you play it or not, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a guitar signed by him and raise funds for an amazing charity. If you want to be in with a chance to win this, all you've got to do is download the Wishio app. Just head over to wishio.io for the link. Donate any amount to Niall's Wishio. As I said, 100% of donations go straight to Weenie Crew. If you share the Wishio on social media as well, you'll also get an extra bonus entry, which is a nice little cheeky, cheeky added extra there. So keep your fingers crossed and sit tight. The winner will be announced on social media shortly. Also, keep checking on our socials as we will announce new collabs with Wishio and Weenie Crew soon. So that's everything that's been happening with Weenie Crew. Are you ready to listen to our guest Rich talk all about production and some funny stories from the road? If you're new to the podcast, take a look back at some of our fantastic guests. We've got lots more to come in the future. If yourself want to be on the podcast or if you want to nominate someone you think will make a great guest, then just get in touch with us, which is community at weeniecrew.co.uk. And also hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And we are releasing every Friday. So let's get into today's episode of the We Need Crew podcast. I'm sat in a studio just outside of South Cheshire called The Big Rock Room. This is home for our next guest, a metal fan who I have never seen without a band t-shirt on, a lighting designer nicknamed The Human Time Code by his peers. He's a collaborator, a producer of both original and cover content for his YouTube channel, The Big Rock Room. Our guest today is none other than the happy Richard Larkham. How are you doing, Larkham? I'm doing really good and I'm glad to be here. Mate. Um, 
looking forward to having a bit of a nice chat with you it's fantastic for for you to come on and have a chat with us we know each other personally anyway we've done a few tours together we have so it's great to have you on so in the in the vein of everything that no one knows who you are right now do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the industry Larko? well i'm a lighting designer apparently yeah. <laughs> the human time code the human time code i've been told that a lot um uh, so i started about 26 years ago now seems unfeasible really but yeah about 26 years ago mm-hmm. late teens uh dropped out of university yep. um you don't came- need university to do this job to flashlights no, no, you, you don't exactly you don't need anything <laughs> just need a bit of luck um yeah and so basically uh, prism lighting is based about a mile two miles from here okay and i dropped out of university and basically they rang me because my friend had said i could solder so mm. i went across to them and uh, they were soldering patch panels on some dimmer racks they were making at the time. And while I was there, they'd say, hey, you know, put this in a case or grab this cable or, you know, just help us unload this truck. And it went on and on. And they were just in the process of moving, moving premises. They built uh, bought a place on the local industrial estate. Mm-hmm. So we, um, I built the offices for them, basically. Right. And was just getting involved in everything and they said listen we need you know a kind of new guy in the warehouse would you be interested i was like hell yes this is great because you know even though i've been you know involved in music my whole life it was never an industry that i knew about or was particularly drawn towards i didn't know anything about it this just happened completely naturally you know i mean i can still remember you're back in the day say rich go and just go and grab a 60 amp three-phase cable you know like a little kid i'd run into the cables and go and then I'd walk out five minutes later and go, what's a 63 amp three yeah. phase? Is it the blue one or the red one? <laughs> exactly. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> and it just went from there, basically. And, and then they'd be like, you know, they're like, hey, we just need some guy to go to Liverpool and help unload the cases for uh, one of the other guys. You know what I mean? Sure. And it just carried on like that. And I'd just say yes to everything and very quickly worked up the ladder and, you know, got to know people. And they would start taking me out on tour as a tech. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, this was back in the day when I used to drink as well. And the, you know, I was I was a tech for Shed Seven initially was my kind of like big band at the time. Sure. And uh, their LD was, we'll say, dismissed. Okay. Like you know, pleasantly, yeah. <laughs> pleasantly. Yeah. And they 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 didn't really have a replacement. So at one drunken night, me and the tour manager, it was decided I was going to be the new LD. Of mm-hmm. we, you know, and I've done a lot of kind of like dance events and small events and whatever and um, local band stuff, but never at this level and so yeah he was like yeah you know woke, wake up in the morning go oh what have i what have i got myself into that's, that's quite funny that's quite yeah. f- simply because we, we was on tour together um we was in austria and you'll remember this conversation well we won't name the band who he's working for okay but you might know who i'm on, who I'm on about um his name was Corey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he had just been thrown in the deep end as well, didn't he? And he was, he was lighting the, big, the headline band, Bigger wasn't he? than me. Yeah. Bigger than me. I mean, that, that was just, it was the most incredible thing, you know. This guy, I just kept meeting at front of house over that whole festival run. Got chatting to American guy, Corey. And, uh, yeah, and then it suddenly, you know, he was such a nice guy and we'd be chatting. And then he, it suddenly came about that he, you know, his brother was a famous singer who'd said you're going to be our lighting guy. Yeah. And he was just like looking at these desks going, please help. <laughs> you know, fair news to me. There was, there was a point in that festival in Austria where it, <laughs> they were headlining this festival and all the lights went out. <laughs> I missed this. I go back to the bus. And they, they were, the singer was screaming at him through, through over the crowd. Yeah. Like, you better turn these lights back on. I know. I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So it's quite funny that um, you kind of got thrown in the deep end as much as Corey yeah. did at that time as well. You know, and it's like many times in life you get thrown in and you sink or swim 
Yeah. You know, and I remember we went into the tour, so it'd be around 95, 96. And um, the first show was Newport Center. Okay. And it was a train wreck for mm. me. It was a train. It was all on these old Selco desks and he lighting people out there, you know, Selco Navigator and Ventura. There you go. That'll, okay, some yeah. people will understand my pain straight away. So the Newport was a complete disaster. So they gave me that one. They were like, Rich, we'll give you that one. You know what I mean? We've kind of put you in a position here. The next gig was Cambridge Corn Exchange. And basically we got the Selco guys to come out with me and kind of help me put this thing together and the way i remember it to this day is like the stars aligned mm -hmm. i couldn't press a button wrong something happened yeah. that's how it feels to me that is one of the most special shows of my entire career yeah you know i remember going backstage after the show and everyone was like what can just happened it was you know phenomenal i don't know and then off we went you know what i mean yeah and then my career just kept moving forward and forward from Fant there. Fantastic, yeah, 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 yeah. fantastic. So, so one one thing that um, that we that we've already touched on about the human time core thing, a big thing for you is that um, you started to work with with different companies, and your main um, operating desk at the moment is Hog, right? That's right. That's yeah. that's yeah, what yeah. you use. I went from Avo to Hog, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you don't necessarily automate your shows, do you? You do to a degree, but. No, well, it's not, you know, there's no time code, yeah. essentially. So, you know, obviously, you know, we all program shows. Every, yeah. every programmer out there programs the show to a point. And then some people run it because a lot of shows these days are run via time code off a Pro Tools rig or whatever. Yep. And you they press play and it automates with Lion Desk. Yeah. I, I like to be involved. I like to hit buttons when I want to hit buttons. And yep. I like that involvement, always have. And... You know, it's something I've personally always strived to be the best that I can be. And it gets mm -hmm. noticed, you know what I mean? It's it definitely just, does like him, yeah, it definitely it's does. It's just something, you know, I've seen, I remember our friend Pete, Fergie, Yeah. you know, he he sent me, I think we'd done the Brixton, no, not the Brixton gig, the Ali Pali gig with Bullet the other year. Okay. And you were that one, weren't you? No, I wasn't that one, no. Whoops, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> was that? No, yeah, of course I was. No, you were Of course there. I was, you doing monitors, yeah, yeah, of course, of course I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no, weren't me. No, you were yeah, there. Was, was me, yeah. With the sweetie jar and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, had, yeah, yeah. We, had, we had a tuck shop at the side for for the singer. He's yeah. called Tuck, ironically. Yeah. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. So we did we did that show, and then I'm not on Facebook particularly or anything like that. So then Pete's sending me these screenshots, and people are having an argument about saying, "No, there's no way it was not time coded. It had to be time coded." <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. That show, um, you, we had a, we had a lot. We had a lot. <laughs> we had a lot going on in that show. Yeah, um, Skeptron and everything, and everything going on for that show, and it was your design. Yeah, for your yeah, show, yeah, yeah, and there, yeah. there was a lot of designs that went through for that tour, um, and yet, Larkham, it, it, I was, I was on, the, I was on the stage, and I knew it was an incredible show. I could see from the stage, and you could see people's faces being like, "What is going on here?" But yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely hit, hit the buttons yeah. on things to actually get that show going. And you know the battle we had to get that show where it needed to be. Yeah, it was, you know that. They were hard times for us all. Yeah. To get that show out of that at that point in time, we all did really well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. again, another proud moment. That was, a, you know, it was a great looking show. So, as you said, when when Pete uh, sending you these things to say like, oh, there's no way you could do that. Like, yeah, it is possible. It is possible. You need to go see my mate Larko, and he'll he'll show you what's what's going on. So, uh, another thing is that that design that you had there. I, I saw a comment um, that was, <laughs> someone went, oh, they've they've stole the Biffy design. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like if you only knew. Can you steal from yourself? <laughs> if you only knew that that Richard Larkham also did that Biffy show. What yeah, you yeah. know where where it might have been t- not taken from, but you know there's some ideas there. So you obviously did talking about this. You did the headline show with. Biffy Clyro at Redden and Leeds. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, we unveiled the portal, what we called the portal show, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right, Which yeah. was designed, the, the design was Misty uh, Buckley, okay. who works with Biffy and myself. Um, so she always comes up with the, the initial concepts and whatever. And then between ourselves, we basically pull it into what you see. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, um, Misty's initial thing for that, the, the rake was quite shallow on the stage. Yeah. You know, and it's like... When we started to go through it, it's like, let's really do this. Let's, you know, and we, we call it the cheese grate at that stage, you know. Yeah. And and we went for it. And, you know, again, massively proud of that show. Um, it, it, looked inc- it looked incredible. When you watch it, but I watched it back recently. Mm. Uh, I think, it, you know, because the festival season got cancelled. Yeah, of course. It's still one of those ones on BBC where you can go and watch it still. They, BBC still put it up. Again. And I remember looking at the stage going, he's not got a lot of room to move there, has he? But the Biffy Clyro don't necessarily need a lot of a space to move, do they? No, no, no. But again, you know, I, I'm always very humbled by all of this, the time code thing, whatever. It's just something I inherently do want to do strive to do and do better all the time mm-hmm. you know and when it gets noticed i'm still very humbled by it i don't take those things for granted and i remember janet who's the director for the bbc on the reading and Leeds, so it gets filmed at, at sure. reading obviously yeah she she emailed me and said you know it's, it's one of the most fantastic headlines she'd had the pleasure of filming fantastic. and that's really humbling because i don't see myself as a big boy big player mm-hmm. i'm just little richie big rock doing my thing you know what i mean yeah i'm a family guy above everything else yep. you know you you could probably attest to this you know you get me you get my family mm-hmm. you know it's one package it's not like i've got this wife and kids at home it's all part and parcel of them. They might not be there in spirit, you know, in person with me all the time, but yeah. they're there in spirit with me in everything I do and talk about. You what, know what 100%. I mean? 100%. If someone says to me, what's, what's like, I'm like, I'd say he's a family man that lives on the road. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, tours, you know? and that's always been the way since, since the day, you know, Jess kind of graced us on this earth. Mm. You know, it was, it was like, this is not, they're not just kids were having it as an accessory. They're part of our lives. They always have been. I've always wanted them to understand why I'm away. Yeah. Why, you know, why does dad disappear for a time? You know what I mean? And I'd heard horror stories before, you know, before the kids were born about, you know, oh man, I, I you know, I do these long days and I get back and my kids don't even recognize me. I'm thinking, Christ, yeah. I'm going away for four, six weeks at a time. Yeah. It's never been the case. They've always been my little shadows when I get home. You put in what you get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my family is very important to me. I love lighting and I love being on the road. Mm-hmm. I love all my friends and acquaintances I have around the world. But it's all got to coexist together. It's not separate. Yeah, 100%. And uh, another thing that you bring when you're on the road is that you always like to work with people who you trust and who you get on with as well. So you surround yourself not only with positivity for yourself with your family and throw them into the mix as well. Because, th- I mean, there's been times when we've sat in the dressing room together and you've been like, it's, it's Tom's birthday. Mm. Say hello yeah, to yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's, you know, you always, you've always been like that, but you also surround yourself with people. And you as a person on tour has always been someone who's, I know I can walk in. <laughs> and trust me, there's there's <laughs> there's one story of you when we was on tour uh, in America, and it was a tour where we had to strip back. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, yeah. not that we did stuff naked, but we stripped back. We stripped, <laughs> we stripped back the production. No one needs to see that, yeah. Scott. Me and you naked. I know, on stage. Yeah. <laughs> we, walked, we walked into I think it was House of Blues in Dallas, and if you've done the House of Blues in Dallas, you kind of know it's not it's it's not it's not in tip top condition. Uh, yeah. And we walked in, and we had a little audio package. Me and me and uh, the front house guy, and. Um, 
you walked in with nothing and I remember you were like, Sky, can I, can I get on the stage? You're like, yeah, go for it, Larkham. And you got on and you had this broom in your hand and you were just pushing Parkans. And even though <laughs> that day was difficult as hell for you, you were like, nothing was going to get you down. You're like, right, move this here. And uh, in that show, actually, before you get onto this, right, do you remember what happened during that show? During the show? Yeah. No, go on. So you positioned all these Parkans and then you, you, you were on house desks for yes. this for this tour and you'd press the button where you'd armed it and then when the show started <laughs> the lights didn't come on in time because you're like ah because you press something that a different arm do you remember that okay because you know i love the challenge of this you know it's something i i can do and i love the challenge of it yeah. you know so you know the bullet guys turned around to me and said listen rich we need to kind of do this on a budget so it's cool it'll take a backdrop I use house lights, house consoles, because I enjoy the challenge of it. Yep. You know, yep. what have you got today? Let's make it into a Biffy show. Yep. So, a bullet show. Biffy, yeah. I did it with Biffy as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I've done it with many bands. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love that challenge. Of, like you're saying, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to work when you do get there. Yeah. And But you've got to, at the end of the show, to come out and go, okay, that looked like a bullet show. Looked a bit like a Kaiser show, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that challenge, you know what I mean? Uh, well, the point is, is that you walk in and you're not negative about it. You don't go yeah. in and go, oh my God, there's 700 parkans. <laughs> well, I, I was, it's funny, I was talking to Jane about this the other day, you know. It's something I learned early on is you've got to get people on your side around the world. It, you know, whether it's be in this country, anywhere around the world, you've got to have people on your side. And you will know from your, your own experiences, sometimes people, house techs especially, mm -hmm. can be a little bit hard work. Stuck in the way sometimes. Stuck in the ways. Yeah. Nice people, but whatever, you know, and I've watched people fall relation, you know, not relationships, but just fall apart and mm -hmm. they get nothing out of the situation because it's, ah, yeah. so, you know, I'll walk into my production manager, my tour manager and go, oh my God, ah, you know, little scream, little vent, compose myself, walk back, back out. Hey, mate, hey guys, in? how we doing? Yeah, How's it yeah, looking? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I've been in so many situations where it's like, you got to keep that kind of positivity up you know you know yep. it's going to be hard work you know we'll get something out of it but at the same time you people can switch off to you if you're not careful yeah and you don't ever want you got to keep people on your side yeah you know and so yeah i i learned that very early on so you got to go in positive you know what i mean and again you know the bottom line is you win some you lose some in those situations you know and but I've also learned so much, you know, little things you'll 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 have to think outside the box to make something work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember um, again we did it with with Bullet in about 2015, maybe or 16, something like that. We'd been to America for like this eight week tour and I'd had my own package by myself, absolutely brilliant. Went out to Japan and as you know, kind of Japan is still very park and heavy. It's not really yeah. a moving like thing, yeah. and so. I went out to Japan, wasn't really thinking Parkans, of course, you know, that's where I got my nickname, you know, Big Rock Show. Right, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Big Rock, that's where it comes from. So I was thinking, I'll go Parkans, easy peasy. And I get there, we focus the up, it's an incredible thing to see, you know, a Japanese crew focusing a Parkan rig. Mm. And I, you know, sit down for the show and I suddenly go, oh, crap. <laughs> and that whole show's like, it can't be this hard, you know what I mean? And then... Then I kind of got my head around and go, I've got to simplify everything. And that's the thing. You, you know, sometimes in the situation where you're busking a show and you're going in with house rigs, you have to simplify things. You know, I've watched people program for eight hours on a house rig and come out with nothing still. Yeah. You know, so 
I've lived and learned. I've watched a lot of things. I've I've fucked up more times than I know. But you know what? Nobody died, so we're okay. The big the big thing with that tour, with, with when we stripped back, um, was that the the support band brought in packages. Yeah, that was the funny one. Yeah. And they offered it to me because yeah. they knew I didn't have anything. Yeah. Rich, you can. And I was like. Listen, you know what? I prefer not. Don't, to. don't you? And I, I remember being like, I'm not worried what this show is going to look like. It's not my business anyway. But even the band, they trusted you wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you have a great relationship with that band. Yeah. You know, with you know, with the creatives behind that band and everything, you have a great relationship, and it's something that I know that you try and get, even when we had there was some new crew brought on for that tour. You know, that you were the voice to them to be like, look, you trust me, I trust you. I trust this person and you surround yourself with people that you trust and that you get on with. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we need to do. We don't need to work in. You know, I'm I'm away from home. I'm away from my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I've worked in hard circumstances. Yeah. You know, I've, I've worked in, you know, around people I don't want to be with. So when I have the choice and, you know, I'm lucky enough that I do have the choice. I'm lucky enough that, you know, I don't have to make decisions like that. You know, Life can be hard on the road sometimes. You know, you're in a bubble. It can get hard. Mm-hmm. Relationships can get strained and, and what have you. But so you need to be around good people. It's never going to be great 100% of the time. You know, yeah. everybody has bad days. Mm-hmm. Issues happen. You know what I mean? But we, when you're with good people, things get resolved very quickly and you move on. You feel, you, well, you, 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 work, you work a lot quicker. You work, you just know that people have got your back and that you've got their back. Exactly. And it just, it all flows a lot, a lot, lot and easier. And entitled to have a bad day. And then we, we came from that tour in the US, stripped down to come into Europe with some real good size shows. Yeah. And all of a sudden the production was like, woof, through the roof, wasn't it? Exactly. Through the roof. You know, and, it, and, it, and, it, and like we said earlier, it turned out great. Yeah. It really, it was a moment, it was a momentous thing. And it was hard to get to that point, as you know, but we, we did it and, you know the results. You but know, but as you, as you said before, it will still it will still look like a bullet show if it's got park hands in it, and it did. The same essence was yeah. there from that to what what we saw at Ali Pali, um, uh, which is actually on Melody VR. Do you remember we recorded that? We did it at three sixty. That was bizarre. So if you wanted to check that out, you can check yeah, that yeah, out on Melody yeah. VR as well. But that was yeah. it. I mean, I remember speaking to Matt after the American tour. You know, and we I think we did six seven weeks out there. Yeah, it was you know, and. Long, and yeah. We were both confident that we presented a bullet show every night. Yeah. You know, it, and that's, I did the same with Biffy, you know, and Biffy over there were even some small shows, you know. Mm. But even with 24 Parkhands, the, the, the essence of the Biffy show and what I do still comes through, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's an art in itself that sometimes gets forgotten that, yeah, it's easy to turn 200 moving lights on and make it look impressive. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, the the desk to me is a tool. Mm-hmm. It's not the be all and end all of anything. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's it's about that picture at the end of the day and and having that cohesion between every yeah. kind of show is what you can. And, and reflecting what the music does. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know these desks and whatever can do fantastic things, fantastic tricks. But is or, it rel- or not? If you arm it in the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I, can I? Tell you a little funny story. Yeah, yeah, so it. back in the day, I was doing this German band called Halloween. I did. It was my first ever world tour back in the early noughties. Yeah, and we were in a, a Cologne music hall. I think it was live music hall. In Cologne, yeah, yeah, yeah. So park and rig and whatever. And it's it still is to this day. Yeah, it probably still is the <laughs> yeah. same rig. And it was. I think it was two consoles. So it was like an MA Light Commander and MA Scan Commander. Mm-hmm. So blah blah. So I'd programmed during the day. Absolutely gone off cool as. Now came back to do the show. Press the first cue. Every light in the whole house came on. <laughs> I was like, what the... And every cue I pressed, 
all the lights in the house came on. I was like, what the hell? House guy's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I'm going, shit, shit, shit. Went into the patch option and kind of figured out what it was. And I basically, there used to be some dial um, cues. Right. And I'd, I'd programmed the haze machine in at full in everything because mm. it was going to be on anyway type thing. So I just left it on. But he put the house lights on there in the afternoon. Right. So, you know, so I was like, right, whatever it was, like channel 31, delete, <laughs> delete yeah. the whole console. <laughs> Literally, band on, say, take it, take it, And the whole black. And it's like, oh, shit. And luckily, at that point, I remembered, you know, the scan commander was beside me. It's like, just throw like I don't know, six golden scans over. Like, boom. Mm-hmm. And it took me about four songs to basically patch back in a, you know, basic show and with a few. Oh, man. So, yeah. yeah. Squeaky bum there. Yeah. You know, I've been through it. You know, y- you live, you learn to live through those situations. You know what I mean? I've had, yeah. you know, the Kaiser Chiefs, when I was with them, it was a very boisterous kind of beer led crowd. Yeah. And so it got really bad at points with, with beer coming over. And I've had my desk wiped out three times by beers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just there, yeah, woo, vibing, smash, desk goes. And yep. you're just like, well, that's that then, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting that, you know, you have to learn how to deal with that and just kind of go, whoa, you know. Yeah, I think the way we deal with it now is redundancy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way we deal with it now. I mean, even when we when we work on sound, we're like, right, is this redundant power supply? Is it redundant cat? Is it redundant this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. I've got my iPad. Even even working when I was working with you, we was in Italy, and um, my desk went down. First song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I ran to the bus, went in my bunk, got my iPad, yeah. and I was like, click. Okay. There's always on. a way through it. You know, I remember yeah. hair dryers. We've had fucking hair dryers out the out of dressing rooms, and you know, we you always get through it, and you yeah. get you know, if you've got some some generic lights in, you just get the dimmer guy to turn some generics on for a minute. Yeah. You know. And you lose a song or two and then you're back you thrash it you know everyone get your sorties out and then you get backstage you're like oh I'm really sorry guys and they go why what happened yeah we have no, we have no idea <laughs> you have no idea everyone's yeah. in the wrong world aren't they on a show exactly exactly so yeah. you, you know you get you live through these things and, and they're not cool but you learn to live with them man there's, there's you know when you talk about that there's been many a time I remember on that tour when I come back I was your show like and we'd always ask each other wouldn't we yeah yeah very much so. we'd, we'd always ask I was your show um, and we'd always talk about a nuance that happened to us you know oh like yeah like there was this weird sound in the room and this and that and yep. you know you, I, I would take it to sound you would take it to light and I would always be, I'd always be like I didn't even notice that you missed that and you're like yeah. did you not yeah. like, nah and you're like ah oh, so it only matters to me yeah but I but think it strives it's, for perfection in ourselves it, doesn't it I think there's that side of it and I, I'm also a good believer in you know sometimes you know, it's not about talking shop and being all technical about things. It's just about someone having the abilities, like me to say to you, how was your show, Scott? And you to just be able to go, you know what, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Just get it vocalised, get it out. It feels good. So I, 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 this is massive for me. It's, I'm glad you touched it because it's massive for me because I feel when if I do a tour and I can go over to a front house guy, a, a sound guy, whatever, you know, whoever's on tour, you know, a merch girl, whoever, whoever's doing whatever job, right, and be like, how was your day? And they tell me about the day. I'm actually genuinely interested how your day me too, was. Me too. And I did a tour not too long ago where I was asking people at the end of a show, it, they were just off. Nothing was discussed about the show. And I was, I, it's a bit, bit weird. I was like, so how was your show? And it was just like, yeah. Um, I think you, it's over. And I was like, wow. You need, I need to decompress. I need to kind of vocalize things yeah. and work through them a little bit. I think it shows Good or care. bad. Good or bad. You know what I mean? I think it shows passion and care about, so. about your job and about the tour 
that yeah. you're looking after. Because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, it's said a million times in the music industry is that you are the face of that artist in, yeah. in, in that field. You yeah. know, if you walk up and, and light a show at the front of house for Redden and Leeds, you are Biffy Clyro. Absolutely. I mean, know? and the great thing about Biffy and Bullet, you know, is they know that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... You know, oh, mate, the, the amount of trust that that Matt and, and Bullet have for you yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. And it's the same respect, with Biffy as well. Respect, so exactly, yeah. you know, you've seen it firsthand with with Bullet with me. It's exactly the same with the Biffy boys. You know, there's a massive. I have such respect for them, yeah. and they have respect for me. You know what I mean? And and I love when I find an artist. You know, it happened with the Kaiser Chiefs as well, where they just there's no big conversations or it just it's cool it just happens you know there's kind of like a a a symmetry between us you know what I mean what's been um, so let's let's look take a a step back into the book of of Richard Larkham what's what's been like besides your um, that that first tour you mentioned earlier what's been like a notable show for you where you're going to hold very dear to your heart is there is there one in particular or is there a tour or anything I don't I don't think like many things in life I don't there's not the one. Yeah, good. There's there's a grouping of shows in yeah. a in the show file. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, for example, we we've spoken about the Reading and Leeds shows. Okay, the the Portal shows. My favourite show there was actually the Leeds show, which was the first one. That's when we brought it out of the bag, yeah. showed the world. I had my family there. Um, I had my you know um, accounts uh, manager from from Neg there and stuff. Friends around me. And that was the better show for me, even more than the the Reading show. This this is the exact answer that I was that I was I wasn't fishing for, but I was hoping for because what what I'm trying to ask is is showing the importance of of, of you. Do you know, mm. it's not showing just the importance of the show aesthetically. No. It's what's important to you. You know, very much so. You know, and that you know, it looked phenomenal. I had my family with me. It was a very proud moment. I'm always yeah. proud when I have the kids there. You know, the kids. Jess went to her first show when she was 21 days old. <laughs> I think Thomas was. 11. What was that? She went to a Shed Seven show in Shrewsbury. Okay. Thomas was 11 weeks old when he went to Birmingham NIA with the Kaiser Chiefs. Right. You know, they've been involved with it from the very start. Was he the one throwing the beers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, no. We're, we're, if you look down right now in the in the studio, the mat we're we're sitting on, yeah. the car mat. This used to be at front of house and me. Lovely. My my good friend Chris Leckie bought it for me back on Kaiser Chief days. And when Thomas would come out, I would be lighting the show, and twelve thousand kids would be going crazy, and my Thomas would be playing, playing cars, cars under yeah. my feet, you know. Yeah. And that's the way it went. And you know, and I used to do things like. I would have Jess stand on my feet and hold her fingers yeah. and she would do the buttons. So she's done, oh my God. And yeah. I remember we did a Shed 7 show in uh, Leeds, probably in probably 2011-12, you know, and she, she, I, I got her pushing the, the fader up on that. I know when we did um, Faithless, you know, We Are One, she did the yeah. mole face for me on that and stuff. And nice. So yeah, they, they've all, they've been involved the whole time. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, Reading and Leeds was, was a particularly big one. You know, there was the, the Kaiser Chiefs tour where I won the award. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was an incredible... You know, that was when you know, Kaiser Chiefs were just breaking big. You know, we, we... I had so much support from the band and management. And, you know, we came up with that show. And it was a great show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We, it was, again, really just a, a, an amazing moment. But a lot of them are based on... It's having people around me. Yeah. You know, when I've got my family with me, when I've got yeah. my best friends with me, things like that, that's when 
that's when there's there's a, an extra an level it, an of impact. joy yeah. of, of of kind of positivity and of kind of proudness of what I do yeah. to see you know again because it's about the fact that you know really wanting my family and friends to understand why I'm not there the whole time man you you can, you know you can sit in a pub right let's just say you sit in a pub you can talk about oh I did this I'd read in Leeds but the story for Jess and for Tom to be like, yeah, I used to flash lights for my dad. Absolutely. That's that's more that's more a story that you want, isn't it? That's yeah. more a story that you want, especially for your kids, your kids growing up and being able to tell that story as well. What does your dad do? Which, which is quite funny because we went for a little breakfast, me and a me and a friend who's here as well in town before, and uh, they were like, what are, you, what are you doing over here? I said, oh, we're going to be interview we interview people. And it's like, oh, fantastic. Who are you doing? Uh, there's a rock guy who lives in the town. I was like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> is he tall and got a beard? Metal fan. They were like, yeah. I was like, yep. And they went, oh yeah, Jesse's dad. <laughs> yeah, she's more famous than me now. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's right, you know. There's, there's, there's. Uh, I've, I've got my, my, my friend Paulo. I kind of do the studio with here. You know, he, he tells me stories when he's out in the pub and stuff, and what people believe has happened, and what kind of, you know, we. One of the big, long-standing ones that's still going to this day is that Ricky Wilson is Jesse's godfather. All oh, right. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, and then there's, there's like there's another story where, uh, you know, Kaiser's supported Foo Fighters quite a lot. So I got to know Dave Grohl and his wife really quite well, you know. Yeah. And I've had some amazing times with Dave. And it still, to this day, amazes me that, you know, he will, you know, be drawn to me Man, in a crowd. Listen, listen, this is, great, this is you, Larkham, right? Is that you are such a bubbly personality and you are such a big personality as well. You're a very loud personality, but I, <laughs> I love that. We all love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone who knows you loves that about you, Rich. And we were at a festival and the foods were headlining and we were walking somewhere and then you just stopped and we were like, oh, Dave, he's just talking. And you're going, Dave! <laughs> and then he come over and, hello, Rich. We're like, Dave Grohl's talking to Larkham here. And <laughs> yeah, Dave, exactly. Dave was on his way to the stage, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just like, no, I've got five minutes for you, pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm i still humbled by that, you know, but I have spent some quality time with the guy and he's such a wonderful yeah. fella, you know yeah. what I mean? And the fact he still remembers me, you know, when I, you know, as, as people say, you know, what would your 17-year-old 70, self, you know, because I'm getting to meet a lot of kind of bands that, I I grew up adoring. Yeah. I get to meet them as peers now mm-hmm. and be involved with them. And it's kind of crazy because I'm going, my God, my 17-year-old self would be killing themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing about the Dave Grohl thing is that got skewed around that Dave Grohl had been at my house jamming in the stu- in, in this studio. <laughs> and it's like, I've got, I'm just hearing this second angle. Where's this come from? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then there was another classic one where a helicopter landed in the field behind our house. And there started to be a rumour going around that I'd somehow forgot something off tour and was coming back to pick it up. I'm like, what? What do you think I do? You know yeah, I mean? you're a superstar in yeah, this little absolutely. village. You are. It's crazy. You are. We are in the, like, the middle of nowhere. And he, he, even, so one point when we said uh, we're interviewing Richard, they were like, oh, Jesse's dad. They were like, the one that's got the big shed. <laughs> that's what they said. And there I was like, there you go. So you, you know, you're known everywhere. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I love it here because... You know, you know our lives are so manic on the road. There's people, it's go yeah. all the time. I love to come and switch off. Just be dad, basically, and switch off. So we'll touch on it because we're here now. Yeah, and, yeah. And and you've had the the chance to be at home now for a, a period of time. Longer through. than I've ever been in my entire career. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, same, very much so. And um, you've had a chance to be at home with your family and everything like that. So I take your, your schedule as a as a creative, as a lighting designer, has kind of just stopped, hasn't it? Yeah, but. Uh, on the 13th of uh, 
March, yeah. Friday the 13th. I think I got my first phone call around two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And within two hours. So I think I rang Jane. So be by, by about half past three, I'd rung Jane and said, I've lost everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's gone. Yeah. And I think we went out to see Stereophonics that night. Right. And they was just finishing up their tour. And even those guys were blissfully unaware. Well, that carried on for a while, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Y- you know, so it, it was just crazy. And then, and then, of course, so we were, you know, 10 days ahead of everyone before we went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. So our world just collapsed. We lost 100% of my wages in those two hours. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking to everybody. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Everyone at the time was like, yeah, 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 you know, it's going to be three. But then I'm speaking to management and stuff, and they're going, you know, Glastonbury's gone. You know, and you're thinking, well, if Glastonbury's the end of June, wow, this is big, you know. And so, and of course, the government response, it worked out for us in the end. We were one of the lucky ones where we just kind of came into the the grant scheme. But um, that was hellish, watching the government kind of, give out these schemes and just leave us yeah. self-employed hanging mentally it killed me and my wife you know what i mean yeah just crazy 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 so and it was just a kind of from then on in it's it's been i was i was lucky enough some, some good friends of ours where my my well, jane was working part-time anyway mm-hmm. they were gracious enough to kind of say hey rich you know come and see a delivery in for us you know what i mean and i've never left Sure. You know, so that's been an absolute... And you, you were quick on that straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. again, it, it, it was just one of those things that happened. And, you know, they have an online yarn business and that's done really well in this. And that's meant that they've been able to support and give me and Jane five days work, you know, yeah. a week, you know. And that's kept us kept us going with everything else. And then, of course, in the background, speaking to bands, managers, what have you, you know, I remember speaking to Biffy's manager because we were supposed to start in May on the full world tour cycle. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know... Um, the Radio 1 thing's gone and then it was like listen Rich if we just have to put a backdrop up and a couple of lights in September we'll still do the arena tour Mm. then it all disappeared then it was like it's going to be January March April you know if you've got the tour book for April the Fingers Crossed tour yeah, you know uh, I spoke to Cy the other day and he was very much when Boris talked about this six months he was like um, I was thinking, okay, six months, we'll sort of be coming out of it then. Yep. Rock and roll tour, because it's sold out. So the people are wanting to do it. New album. But then I yep. spoke to Cy, and he was the other guy. He said, how are we going to come out of lockdown and do a rock and roll tour? And I went, yeah, you, you could be right. And then it's kind of June, and you're thinking, oh, man. And that's the hardest issue for us, all of us guys, is when does this stop for us? How long have we got to survive? That's the hardest thing about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough that, because Biffy had the new album coming out, you know, obviously they were biting at the bit. Well, what you, the hell you, can you we You know do? there is work to come as yeah, well. Yeah, we know yeah, there's yeah. work to come. We yeah. know our industry will come back. It's just making it there in one piece, you know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, as as it kind of went into this whole thing, it's like, what can we do? And, you know, Psy came up with this idea for a live stream, which has become a lot more commonplace now. You know, a lot of bands seem to be doing it now because at least it is some form of income. It's a one-off. Everybody can kind of do it once, I think. Yep. You know, and so Cy come up with this concept and we spent a week in, I don't know when it was, June, July, I can't remember now, mm-hmm. went up to Glasgow Barrowlands and we, we basically put kind of four areas in there. It was a it was a grand, it wasn't just, you know, I've watched a couple of the live streams of my favourite bands. Yeah, yeah. They've been maybe in their practice rehearsal yeah, room, yeah. three static cameras, yeah. or I've watched, you know, where it's a bit more on a stage. But this thing with Biffy was incredible. You know, it's like the stage in Barrowlands, yep. the, the whole dance floor was decked out with an orchestra and stuff. We had a cube, we had a wall of amps, yep. and they went between 
all these different. There's such a dynamic band anyway yeah. that they can move between them. And the album, dict- it was amazing that the new album, the scope of the songs in the new album allowed them to be so creative with it. Yeah. It was an amazing thing to be involved with. It was weird being around everybody and yeah. PP'd up and distanced and everyone did great and it was an amazing thing and it was, it was such a um, a double-edged sword you know mm. it's so amazing to have that week doing what I love doing but coming back going that's it yeah it yeah. was hard man yeah mentally you, that was hard the, the the difference for you the most people that I've spoke with is that now some of us cracked on do you know what I mean some of us went to warehouses some, some of us jumped on other stuff some people just sat around and waited yeah. and, and this and that and what you've done is you've took yourself into a full-time, not part-time, you took yourself into full-time work, uh, in a position of five days a week, but you've still managed to hold on to your creativity in more ways than one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And this is a big thing, and this is a big thing to keep you sane and everything. I mean, we're sat right now in a place that is called the Big Rock Room, or the Shed, or whatever, the studio, whatever you like to call it. This is the Big Rock Room. And this, this is the Big Rock Room. <laughs> the sheds are the sheds. Yeah, sorry. We've got the she shed, the sheds. You've got about four big... sheds, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a shed builder. But yeah, exactly. So this is another thing that you've done, is that you've built this, yeah. no, not through COVID, but obviously this is the thing that's been keeping you sane right now. And you're releasing content in here as well, because what a big thing to do with you is, is that you are constantly creative, even though our industry has stopped and you can't design and go on the road and flash the human time code stuff. You know, you've managed to do a live stream with the artists that you work for, which is absolutely fantastic, be it a day, but you've never stopped progressing. You've never stopped developing and creating all the time, have you? No, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I, I mean, to keep my sanity initially, there was two things to it. One is I couldn't hanker after our industry. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of friends, and God bless them, they, you know, they they learnt new CAD skills, learnt the desk and stuff, and cool but i was like i can't do that now we don't know when we're going back to this yes and so to to kind of hold on to that too much was not good for me mentally Mm -hmm. i kind of had to let it go a little bit be realistic be positive but i couldn't sit here going yeah i want to get back yes god damn i want to get back to work but i can't live like that you know what i mean so i have to put my energy into something else and obviously you know since i was a teenager you know, my hobby, my work is music. My hobby is music. I yeah. love music. You love music. I love music. I yeah. love heavy music. Yeah. You know, and Jane is, uh, you know, an incredible supporter of the fact that I just need to play. That's why we built the studio, you know. Yeah. Room in a room, soundproofed. I come here, make unhellish racket. It's cool. <laughs> and, you know, up until this year, you know, if you like, it's been there and it's been something which gives me something to do with my time off. Yeah. And it also gives me stuff to do on tour. So when we're in downtime on tours, I'll edit a video together, I'll mix a song or what have you. You do, yeah. I've seen you yeah. sit there with your laptop on your editing. You know, and do it. And it's good. Yeah. It keeps me and the boys going. You know, we're not getting any younger. It's just, it's a great way of keeping me and my friends together. You know what I mean? With yeah. a common interest. I don't drink, so I don't go down the pub or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not here all the time. So it's a great way of getting everyone together. You know, come over, jam, let's do a song or whatever. Good fun, play all our favourite songs. And then, obviously, being at home this this year... Every day, it's like there's a spark of creativity, you know, in writing. And I just decided, let's start putting this all out. So I'm putting this kind of COVID diaries. I'm writing songs and they're all under the guise of the COVID diaries. And, you know, they're just, it's kind of a biography for me. It's just, you know, the lyrically, they're all based around it. And it's just me kind of channeling the anger, the energy, the dispelling this buildup because it's hard, you know. It's the right way to direct your energy, though. You've got you like you with the podcast yourself. You know yeah. when I when you know you was coming through, you were doing your A up podcast and stuff. That's right. It's cool. It's you, you know 
you can't be negative. You can't just sit there and dwell. You've got to keep moving forward. You've got to keep a positivity. You know, I've struggled my whole adult life with mental illness. You know, all my friends and colleagues around me know I have and know what I've been through and have been an amazing support. All the bands, that you know, my main artists, my main bands have all been massively helpful yeah. and to allow me to work when I've been ill, not been ill, whatever, you know. And um, it's, you've got to, you've got to keep a positive, it's like I always say, you know, you've got to put the face on, mm-hmm. you know, because if you let it, if you let internally become external, it's all over. Yeah. You know, I'll deal with it internally and I'll fight internally all the time. You know what I mean? This thing doesn't go away. It comes in waves and it's high, low, whatever. You've got to keep a positivity to life. You you've know got what I mean? Com- a joy. Got, you've got to, yeah, you've constantly got to manage it. When you- it is. It doesn't go away. I'm no. stuck with this. The doctors have told me. I know. I'm stuck with this. Sometimes I'll be good. You know, sometimes people won't know I'm bad. Sometimes people will know I'm bad. Yeah. But I've never, I've always tried to never be the victim to it. Yeah. It's part of me. I'll discuss it. And I love the fact that people will give me the time of day to let me be me when mm-hmm. I'm not very well yeah. and support me. So I could tell you some amazing stories of friends over the years supporting me when I've not been well, you know what I mean? On the road and stuff like that. Cause you yeah. know how hard it can get. Yeah. I saw a little bit of a downer with, with you when we was on tour and you were struggling with stuff Yeah, and yeah. it just takes a little sit down and chat and be like, okay, we're going into this. And that was in a period where we were on that, that, that long low tour. Yeah. And, um, it was, we, we all got to a point where we we're just buff and yeah. we, we've sat down many a time and talked yeah. about mental health together. Yeah, and yeah. been like let's have a chat about mental health right now and it's so. you know I want to have those open conversations I don't want it you know you can't get away from it so you can't shy away from it yeah. but y- you don't have to be it doesn't have to be a negative conversation just because there's you're struggling with whatever depression or anxiety whatever, right. whatever moment it is at that time you know so and I've always really mo- everybody who knows me knows I'm, I'm, I'm vocal about it I'm not scared to talk about it you know what I mean yep and that helps but at the same time it doesn't take it away mm-hmm. you had a very good saying before we went live on air uh, about a ship yeah it's one I've read a few times where it's like you know you know you put a, a ship in, a, in an ocean of water mm-hmm. and it will float it only sinks when you let the water in yeah and it's, that, it's fantastic and that's the kind of thing you know it's and that's the battle is and it, it is a battle mm-hmm. and it it's I'm very good at battling it now and I'm very good at hiding it now mm-hmm. you know there's been times in these past couple of months where it's really got on top of me yeah you know and we're back with the doctors you know we're kind of trying to find the right level of medication again because I was on quite a low medication yeah you know we're just trying to I'm trying to find that peace at the moment and you know we're getting there yeah and it, you know a big thing for us is that one, one, one great thing that I've learned through this, right, um, was someone someone said to me, or I, I read or something, it was that my personality is not defined by my career. No, 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 no. And, and very much so, I've lived my life that my job defines me. I'm right. Not, I'm not going to lie, yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah. Someone says, what do you do? And I go, well, I'm a sound engineer. You know, that's the first thing I do. Because I'm proud of what I do. I'm very, very proud of what I do. I think we all part. are, yeah. But we, we've got to understand that we're not defined by our job. Now, we've lost our job as such temporarily we have lost our job right now what we do in live music we've lost that but what we've not lost is we've not lost a passion we've not lost passion for the job we've not lost passion to get our teeth into something else i love music too i started and 
started to do a radio show and become a presenter of a radio show, I wanted to talk about how I'm feeling right now. So I started a podcast, you know, and then this all led on with the We Need Crew podcast as well. So we're always trying to be positive. We're always trying to push forward because the love and passion that we have in our lives is what's an abundance in the music industry, isn't it? And you kind of realise that, don't you? That, that we... That's how we function as people. You we we have down. a desire. We have a creativity. Yeah. We have an energy. Yeah. Do we? You know, my friend. You know, one of my my oldest friends said to me the other day that, you know, you, you know, Rich, you just got this is you. You know, when I'm writing the music and I was talking about you know these, and he's like, it's you dispelling your energy. That's how you get your energy out, and that's yeah. what you got to do. You know, and you know, I've learned a lot of things about myself during this period. The first one is that I love what I do. Yeah. I miss what I do. I miss everybody out there. You know, we have a good time on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, I've realized that my mental health is not linked to touring. Good. So I, because I'd always toured and Mm. been mentally unstable, (laughs) um, we, we never knew whether there was a link. Yeah. Because I never had enough time away from touring to really know... To sit and, down and, and think and, about and it. And yeah, go, yeah, yeah. actually, is touring not good for me? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, as you know, it's tiring, it's stressful, it's whatever. Yeah. You know, but I've realised now that, no, it's not. Mm. I, I have a condition, yeah. a medical condition, that is going to be there whatever I do in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've also realised that, you know, within our little bubble, you can think that we, we have these issues we deal with and whatever, and I realised that that's life as well. Yeah, that happens in whatever warp of life you're in. It does. So, it, you know, it's allowed me to see that because my life, my adult life, my adult working life has always been touring. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to answer those questions, and I have been able to answer those questions now, which is it will be nice moving forward. I hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, coming out of all this, like it's it's such a it is a negative thing as the work stopping. But what we've seen through it is you learn about yourself, yeah. and you learn that. You know, touring's not a crux just for you. Touring's not just your personality. You know, you've got to be able to learn all this kind of stuff out of it. You know, we've seen people from the touring that we know, you know, someone started a pressure washer business. Someone's <laughs> someone's done this, someone's done something else. Recycling bikes. Yeah, just... just uh, yeah, anything, exactly, anything to get going, Absolutely, yeah. all sorts. So, you know, we are creative in our own ways and we always will plod on. And the passion behind us all, you know, with the passion we have for the music industry does not define us. We have to figure out right now what who we are yeah. in this period. And I think that's what a lot of us are really, really doing. And I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah. one thing that comes out with you, um, and we've touched on it many times now, is the big rock room. And like you say, getting together with your friends and creating stuff. There's, you know, even like most of the time when, when I knew a lot about the big rock room was you were doing covers and you come up to me and you're like, Scott, we're doing south of heaven <laughs> and i'm like oh are you li-? and you'd be so excited about doing yeah, it we've yeah. we decided scott we decided we've all sat down we've all had a chat yeah, yeah. and i've been wanting to do it for ages and now we're finally doing it and that's it because we're just playing our favorite songs and yeah. it's it's so it's it's kind of like there's there's so many positives to it you're playing your favorite songs you're challenging yourself to play your favorite songs yeah you're doing it, you know, we, we never wanted a gimmick with this. It was never about gimmicks or anything like that. This all happened as, a, as an accident, you know what I mean? Let's get it done. Let's get it recorded. Yeah. Let's get it filmed. You know, and again, it's, yeah. I, you know, I was saying to, to our friend Bully the other day, you know, yeah. you know, I don't understand live sound particularly. Mm-hmm. You know, studio sound I'm getting better at. Yeah. And I've decided that that's going to be my thing now. I'm going to learn how to mix properly. I'm trying to mix songs properly. I'm trying to record properly. Yeah. I'm getting, you know, far just trying to learn these new new things new new skills it's like well 
I need to do something. But I love the fact that it's a new skill set. It's a new something. It's yeah. keeping my mind active. It's- Man, it's not one. It's not one what you're doing. Like um, there is so many. Uh, I, I do it in my podcast. I film. I record. I edit. Yeah. And you know, I look at your stuff and I'm going, "What? You multi angles? Yeah, yeah. And you're learning but- how to edit. You're learning how to film. You're learning how to light. You learn how to light. You know, in a dark in a dark studio now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it because it's it's funny again. It's like you know, I'm a lighting guy, but I've never lit a studio environment. So, hey, listen, I can light hundred thousand people up me. I yeah, can make yeah. I can make three people on stage look massive. But yeah, in my own room, in my own room, yeah. it's like the busman's holiday, isn't it? I don't. Yeah. I, that's my job. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, it's funny, and, and that that's it. It's just it's it's so cool. But but again, you know, it's like um, you know, my studio setup was basically. I think we did this in 2010. So, um. I was on tour and they had a Pro Tools rig on tour. So yeah. that's why I'm Pro Tools. You know, yeah. I use addictive drums as a plug-in because yeah. the guy I was touring with used addictive drums. You know, that's how you do it. You, you, yeah. you, you go to the people you know and trust and you take those things on board. And I remember when I first started using Final Cut, I went to my director at the time, we were on Kaiser Chiefs, and he gave me a two-minute you know, lesson on a few shortcuts. Yeah. And I remember editing the very first uh, YouTube video, the Creeping Death Metallica, yeah, yeah. in AB Brussels. Um, <laughs> We were there for a two-day stint, and I just sat in the corner room. And I didn't know about, you know, in and out times and chopping. And I did it all by mathematics, by writing it down on a piece of paper. Right, at 6, 13, and 14 frames, that's where I want to start. And I look back at that and go, oh, my God. But And I've moved forward, and I've made as many mistakes, you know, if I'm allowed to say it. Like I I said to you earlier, you know, life to me is just I fuck up all the time. And eventually – we get to where we need to be. It's the same as saying you need to fail to succeed. I just look at it slightly differently and go, my life's just a series of fuck-ups that we end up getting there. That is a quote for you. Exactly. So it's It's, all good. It's fantastic, mate. Like it is like if you fail and you come back from it, as long as you, you come back from it stronger, as long as you learn from that mistake, you are gonna just keep going and keep going and keep going. That's it. And there's like you said earlier, you know, there's a pride in what we do. There's a, you know, and and I, uh, you know, unfortunately, I have a, a kind of perfectionism involved in me mm. as well, which, over my adult life, I've tried very hard to kind of quash. Out of those three thousand cues that I did with my fingers, I missed one. Absolutely, and that would yeah. be the one that would kill me. I know I've had that conversation yeah, with you. Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. so, you know, I'm learning far more, and and this is helping. The studio is really helping with that, and I I'm interested in the. A lot of the stuff I'm learning within the studio, I've, I put myself on a schedule for releasing. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it really transposes next year when we get back on the road yeah. and helps me in in different ways. You know what I mean? Scheduling, um, letting stuff go, and going right. It's Friday. I've I've got to release a song today. Yeah, it's ready. It's okay. Let it go. Yeah, you know, and kind of those yeah. kind of things. And yeah, yeah, it's again like we say, just learning things, trying to learn new strategies. Like. Y- it's not that you started this stuff then, but you've kind of progressed this stuff through it. And even like your sofa talks and stuff like that, mm. you, you progress through it all and we're all learning new skills through it. Like I say, you can't, you can't keep a good dog down, can you? Nah, not can't at all, mate. You just, down. I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know, like I always say to my friends, you know, I, I run this very fine line, you know, it's, it's the, the, the spinning plates. Yeah. I love having a million spinning plates going all yeah. the time. That's when I function best, when yeah. I've got a million. My, my friend said to me the other week, my good friend Matt, he said to me, Rich, if you want something doing, you yeah. ask a busy man. Yeah. You don't ask somebody yeah. who's got nothing to do. Yeah. A busy man will always make it work. It's yeah. the guy who's got, you know. So it's that I, I function best with a million plates going at one time. The problem is one plate goes and it's, 
Oh, yeah. It's a disaster. i tell you what, you'll bloody catch it, you will. Yeah. You'll bloody catch it and get it spinning again. You know, but that's it. But, you know, and, and that's it. I, I, I work best when I have got a million things going on, but at the same time... I've seen it, yeah. It is a fine line. I've, I've seen you being so stressed about throwing a production up in a, in a limited time, and I've gone, those cables need moving. And you go, how come? Can you move those cables? And you're like, I don't. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, even as busy as you are, you just like click your fingers. Well, you'll click. You don't snap your fingers at people. That's not what you do. <laughs> but you'll be like, you'll be literally like, right? Can you just move that? Can you just move this? And it's always very respectful. It's always very everything. And jobs get done because you just crack on with with we need crew, right? Yeah. What what we do with one thing um, that we always ask all our interviewees, right? And what we're doing is we're putting together uh, what we're calling the Crew Hall of Fame. And this is a place where we can recognise people within our industry. Much like yourself, are we giving a chat with you? We want you to recognise someone that can be good for our nomination. It could be someone who you've toured with, someone who's just done you really well, or again, someone who just needs recognition. Do you have someone in mind who you would like to nominate for our Crew Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I mean, you know what? There are certain people that I hold dear in my in my career yeah you know there are a few people who i will never forget what they've done for me Mm -hmm. in my career um but yeah there's one guy that you know i've known since i kind of started working in the industry worked a lot with him as his kind of main a team crew sure for many years and then there was a point kind of early 2000s where He was did a lot of um, corporate jobs, mm-hmm. you know that kind of and kind of proms in the parks, those kind of things. So we, I was always kind of like a his main crew on that. And then he lost a few clients and kind of lost his energy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was probably around two thousand four ish. He uh, we kind of did a summer season together, doing like proms in the parks and stuff like that and then basically uh, I picked up this little band that no one had heard of including myself called the Kaiser Chiefs Mm -hmm. I think I came home after I got offered the tour and said you know hey Jay I've got this three week tour she goes who's it with I went I can't remember the name (laughs) you know Indians can't remember (laughs) no can't remember Um, and so obviously I picked up the Kaiser Chiefs It, it broke big yeah incredible I picked them up as you know and they were a club band you know what I mean and off it went and I had said to my friend, because you know, like I say, he was kind of down in the dumps with it. I said, come on, come back out on tour. Because he'd had kids at the time, you know, he had three boys, you know, so that, that was a kind of factor in it as well. Yeah. But they were growing up a little bit. I was like, come back out on tour with me. And then obviously, so he did. We had a great time. He came out as my crew guy, you know what I mean? My tech. And, um, and then Kaiser Chiefs grew and he became, throughout that whole period, he was my right hand he really was. You know, yeah. We were so busy in that first five or six years with Kaiser Chiefs, we never stopped. Mm-hmm. And he was 100%, you know, we were in such kind of symmetry. I was designing constantly because we were going tour to tour to tour to tour. And so I could feed him things and he'd come up with the mechanical ways of doing things. So the, the, the tour I, I won the award for, the pod tour as we called it, you know, mm-hmm. I came up with the concept he came up with the real technical side of how we were going to do it you know what i mean sure and then a tour or two later we'd done a lot of kind of structural stuff so i kind of wanted a no structure lighting rig and he came up with these amazing kind of scaff bar things again so just just an amazing person an amazing and of course i was ill a few times during that as well particularly in about 2009 i had a very very dark time Mm. one of the worst in my life 
I still carried on working, you know, financially. I had to. Yeah. And he was such an amazing support during that time for me as well, you know, keeping me rolling and it rolling. And so, yeah, yeah you know, uh, can never repay him for what I believe he gave me during those years, you know what I mean? Someone's just got your back all the way through absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a good good old period working for, for Kaisers, wasn't it? Was it? An, it was an amazing, amazing time. And it's, it's just been a shame that, unfortunately, both of our careers have... You know, I've tried desperately to get him out with me, but we just, we've just we just never been able to kind of... He's been doing his thing, I've been doing my thing. And, you know, over the last few years, we've never been able to kind of get back on a tour together, which has yep. been a real shame. But. So what's his name? His name is Mark Jones Robert, a very, very dear friend of mine. So... Um, it's fantastic. That's that's great. I mean, someone who's that that's the respect that we're looking for with, with all these nominations is is pe- some people tell a story of how they've kind of grown with the artist and everything like well, with with the person and stuff like that or how they've influenced them and everything like that. So it's fantastic to hear your story with Mark and through it all. So I think he's a very very great good nomination for the whole. Exactly. I mean, he was always good at keeping me on my toes as well. You know, when we were we used to do all the corporate jobs, you know, we've, we've been up overnight rigging or something and we kind of just signing the rig off and he'd walk in in the morning. He'd yeah. go, you're right, lads? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And he'd go, he'd go um, what version are you working to here? And he'd go, oh, we're on 13. He goes, oh, it's version 17 we're on, lads. Because <laughs> he knew he'd always get, you know, you'd be a bit knackered in the morning. Yeah. And he'd go, that's not supposed to be that. What version are you working on? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got us again, aren't he? Or well, the other classic one was... <laughs> I remember we were in Liverpool ACC and we'd gone in and started rigging and we got it kind of floating and he walks in and he goes, what are you doing? You've got the plot the wrong way round. It's supposed to be that end of the hall. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> Couple you know, of hours in. Yeah. And it, it wasn't right. You know, of course he's, he's pulling a leg because he knew he could always get me with it. You know right, what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was always absolutely gutted. Yeah. And he'd go, yeah, whatever, Rich. <laughs> got you again. You know what I mean? What's so, this yeah. trust doing? The trust goes the other way around. What are you doing? Well, all of that, you know, he, 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 he always seemed to be able to get me like that. But, you know, when we moved on to the Kaiser Chief stuff, you know, and, and it was a it was a learning experience to me to really become an, just an LD, not a tech, not a, you know, LD tech. You yeah. know, there was points in the Kaiser Chiefs um, where I was just an LD. Yeah. And the great thing was Mark would make decisions based on a morning that I would have made. Yeah. And that was the great thing, having that trust and knowing that I could walk in and knowing, you know, you walk into Newcastle Academy and you know you're going to have to make your rig look a little bit different in there. Yeah. And you'd walk in and you'd go, nice one, mate, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, to have that and not think, you know, I know it's whatever, but you go, oh, I don't have to come in at eight o'clock just to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, there's another classic one as well. <laughs> we were doing, we'd done Ali Pally one night and we were in uh, Portsmouth. Uh, was it Portsmouth? Somewhere like that. And um, I got up. All right, lads, you see me desk anywhere? <laughs> I've heard this one. <laughs> and, uh, like, um, yeah, no, it definitely came in, definitely came in. I said, oh, I can't find anything. So just check it, it's catering. It goes on the back of the catering truck. So I went through catering, nothing. Went yeah. out to see all the trucks. I think we got six trucks on it. Yeah. I was like, any of you guys seen me, me desk? No, nah, it definitely picked it up though, Rich. Definitely picked it up. I can't find it anywhere. So I went into the production office and went, can't find me desk anywhere. Everyone says it's here because, I, you know, I left it all up front of house and they, yeah. they just pack it up for me. Yeah. And they've and of course, in Ali Pally, all the trucks have driven past front of house. So we ring front of house and the guy goes, yeah, it's all sitting here. Oh, my I was God. Like, oh, my God. 
put it in a taxi, you know what I mean? I think it arrived at like quarter to eight doors at seven or something, you know what I mean? And the funny thing was, it arrived with a load of random clothing as well that had obviously just been piled up on the front of the house yeah, at the end yeah, of the gig. Yeah. So everyone had driven past it, but yeah, yeah. It's, oh, no. It's all fun, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, just leaving the desk all day, part of your job, that. You, you, your heart sinks at that point. Yeah. You're going, oh my God. Oh, at least you weren't too far away from it, though. No, exactly. I mean, we, I remember we did we were doing a Biffy show in a... In the O2 in Ireland, in Dublin. Yeah. And um, we, uh, Macklemore had been in there the night before. I don't mm-hmm. know if I can name names here, but they've been in the night before anyway. We yeah. get there and their front of house console, this Grand MA is still set up. It's like, all oh, right, so we production ring and say, just to let you know your desk here. All oh, right, yeah, thanks for that. Sorry about it. 10 minutes later, could you fire it up and take a copy of the show? Because the LD, us, yeah. the LD hadn't got a copy of the show on it. Oh, Mr. Go like, my wow. Days. I mean, at least I've got a copy of the show. If you can get me a console, we're going. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I've, I've definitely been in a situation where I've gone, right, I'll just plug this in the desk. Um, file's not on here. <laughs> We've all done it. So you make a backup of a backup and then you store it in your computer. Yeah, oh, oh. you live and learn. You, li- I mean, I've done it myself. You know, you... You learn the hard way. You, know. you, you A floppy do. disk were the hardest back in the day. You used you to go, walk around with a pouch of floppy disks yeah. and stuff. You know, yeah. I've seen some hellish things happen with those. You know? <laughs> Larkin, <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing to have a chat with you today. It we've, has, mate. It we've has. Had a, we had a right old laugh with it all. I've seen you like Biffy. I think I've seen you like Biffy twice. Yeah. I think I was working a show was in Italy together. Yes, yes, R- yes. Rimi, was it Rimini Rock Festival yeah, or something like that? Y- yeah. It was something you like that. You were you, me at six, weren't you? That was correct. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah, with yeah. you, me. Uh, and then the other one, which I don't think you know I was there, was at the um, the Polish club in Brooklyn with Biffy Clyro. You, you were at the Warsaw? Yeah. No way! Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I was there having a booze. That was actually a decent show. Yeah. I had a, a friend, an old friend of mine, AC. I was there with Yumi at six as well. No way! Yeah, yeah. I did not know that, because I had my friend AC there. Now, AC plays um, uh, with kind of Joan Jett he played with Joan Jett and I, I know him from Wednesday 13 when I was doing the Murder Dolls right, and, yeah, yeah. and he used to play in Wednesday's band kept him friends ever since and he came along and he loves Biffy and of course America are still not quite on board with Biffy Yeah, and we're playing that show in the Warsaw and he's just sitting there going People do not understand what they're no, seeing No, no, here. no, not you know at all, I mean? not at all. Your yeah. people over this side of the pond would break a leg to see Biffy ex- in that environment. We went in there, we went, wow, we're watching Biffy at the Warsaw Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is amazing. And it, it was just after the Red and Leeds as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. And that was the thing, you know, it, it was it was a crazy time because we get from, you go to go from, Red, you know, for an artist to go from Red and Leeds and then go and do that American tour. Yeah. You know, th- there's still a belief that there's, you know, there's, there's more to be had out of it's America. All, it's all transatlantic. You can go everywhere. Yeah, but you can't. You've got to get over it sometimes you, and just go. Well, it is what it is right now. But if we don't put the work in, it's not going to happen. Well, we we know working for artists that you just got to keep going over there and keep hitting that market and That's keep it. hitting that market, and then hopefully it gets to where they want it to get to. If not, we we'll still have a good time doing it. Yeah. I mean, we don't. And who knows what what the future holds at the moment? For that, well, what the fu- what the future holds right now is that at some point Biffy Clyro are going to be doing these shows. Hundred percent. At some point, I'm going to be stood there watching that show with you and watching you 100%. do what's the What's the intro with the um, Dan? Oh, uh, living is a problem. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you told me the secret of how you got to flash that. If you've not listened to that song, um, listen to that song. Yeah, and you'll know that it's quite sporadic the intro. And uh, Richard does some very good lighting. Well, that's stamps. essentially in inverted commas. You know what got me the gig because I, yeah. I apparently was the only guy that had ever got it in time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and again, but I, you know, I sat down with the boys and and learned how it works. Yeah. You know, before and after and on the beat and stuff. Yeah. 
you know, it's still not easy. Yeah. It has to become natural. Can you tell the secret of how you got it? By literally listening and, and understanding what it was, what they were doing. Once you understand the before and after the beat, what they're doing with the notes, yeah. then you can sort of figure out in your oh, head. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's something to do no, with... No, no, uh, that's a different song. Is it a you're different song? About. I'm trying to think of the song. Um, oh, it's eluding me at the moment. But essentially, it's their dialing codes. That's it. That's, yeah, it's that's the it, amount yeah. of stabs. Um, right, oh, okay. I can't think of the song. It's not, is it 915s? It could be 915s, I think. Right. Um, and yeah, the, the stab sequence is their dialing codes without the zero. There we go. <laughs> That's the there one you're talking about. Yeah, but living yeah, is a problem is yeah. also a big one, you know. Massive, massive song. Yeah, yeah, massive yeah, song, yeah, yeah. massive effect, yeah. yeah. exactly. Right, Rich, it's been amazing to chat with you, mate. Thank you so much. Love you a long time. Really, thank and you I'll so speak to you yeah, very, very you soon, brother. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Weenie Crew podcast. I have been your host, Scott Howarth. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We're going to be releasing new content all the time. But until then, please check out weeniecrew.co.uk.